0: Hey guys, thanks for tuning back into Coffee and Van Chats. My name is John Kroom, and on this episode we chat with KOM King, Phil Guyman. I met Phil in T-Town as he was trying to crack into the team pursuit squad, which would have made us teammates chasing the Olympic dream together. Unfortunately, Phil was a part of an accident less than 24 hours after I met him, which left him out of the 2019 World Cup campaign, where we would eventually go on and not qualify a spot for the 2020 Olympic games. Phil and I chat about Team pursuing an Everest record, and the awkward moment when I slipped down the stairs at T-Town in front of everyone and broke my rear disc. And no, I'm not talking about the one on my back. I'm talking about the one on my bike. So it was about a $2,000 accident, um, but anyways, this episode was recorded um, before the recent world record attempt by Lachlan Morton. So please excuse some dated content as we talk about Eversting. But other than that, sit back, relax, and enjoy. But first, let's hear a message from our sponsors. This week's episode is also brought to you by Orange Mud. Orange Mud is a company that does adventure hydration packs for running, cycling, and much more. Along with their hydration packs, they also create some cool adventure goodies for your next adventure. So be sure to check them out at orangemud.com. All right, guys, welcome back to Coffee and Van Chats. I'm here with um, a teammate that I had for a day. Uh, his name is Phil Guyman And uh, yeah, welcome to the show, Phil. I really appreciate you taking the time and making this happen. Always Anything for a next teammate, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we were we were teammates for quite a while. I mean, I think you even saw me in my most vulnerable state when I slid downstairs, and I think I broke. What did I break? One disc, not in my I'm back, but on my you bike. i on your
1: injury that day.
0: Yeah, yeah. So yeah. not only, yeah, not only did I probably slip a disc in my back, but I definitely slipped a disc on my track bike and literally tacoed the thing. Right. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I, I mean, because we'll just get into the meat of it and the heart of it. Um, track cycling. I mean, I heard that you were going to do it and the coaches were telling us that there's a possibility that Phil guyman's going to come to the track program and be a part of this track program which you know it brings multiple things in right it brings a little bit of fear into the guys who are like oh crap there's my spot and then it brings a uh, brings a little bit of excitement cuz it's like hey man now we got another teammate that can help us get there help us actually get to the olympics and make this thing happen right. um but, and it's we a pretty
1: back m- to <laughs> yeah, back, like, oh, that's that would have been a mess.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it was like, it was a mixture of things too. It's like, you know, we hear this, and it's like, we heard that you got the time standard, and you were just supposed to achieve the time standard, and that was the last we heard about it, and then your video came out. So, kind of give it, give us a little breakdown on your end of like, what was going through your brain when you got the phone call from Team USA to, hey, we need you, we'd like yeah. to be a part. The um, it it yeah, it wasn't that direct, I
1: guess. I don't know. So, so my, my job now is like do entertaining bike stuff, um, which generally has been KOM attempts and like weird trips and stuff like that. But, but I, I've kind of made a point that I think like my edge and why people are interested in my YouTube is like, I'm kind of the only, the only former pro on there who's like raced in the world tour. So I've, I've tried to like keep my fitness as much as I can from that. um, Which is, which is, mostly worked and then uh so I, I still had a good five minute power i hadn't raced the track i started out racing the track nobody knew that because i didn't talk about it but uh when i started racing in florida doing nothing but criteriums in college um and then we would go to t-town every summer with like dan and rebecca larson were the, the coaches at the university of florida and so i
0: kind of grew up getting my butt kicked by bobby lee and mike friedman yeah, you have um, a medal, don't you? Like there, that's like in one of your books is like
1: Yeah, collegiate like, oh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. collegiate medals. So my my first <laughs> my first time racing the track ever was um we we did it was Collegiate Nationals. It was my first year racing. I've been racing like eight months and and we went to like the Atlanta Velodrome to get to get my Cap Four. Wow. Like I went up there and did that. Yeah. And then we did like a points race at the track, like one of their just weekend series things. Um and then went up to the, where was that race? I forget. I think it was in Chicago was, uh, was collegiate nationals. This is forever ago. Oh Wow. Um, but I, I attacked from the gun in the points race and I got the first, I like I won the first sprint. Um, and then I got caught attacked again and won the second and third sprints. And I'm like leading the nationals points race and it's my second time racing the track. And then Bobby Lee and Mike Friedman were teammates at Penn state. Um, and they came out and like, they, I remember they, so I'm like 10 seconds ahead of the field and yeah. they went around me. Like I was standing still. I was like, for a minute, I was like, Hey, I'm winning. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> and then we ended up, they, they're like 10 bike lengths ahead of me. So where I'm not drafting, but they just swap off and lap the field. And I lap the field just 10 bike lengths behind them the entire way. Yeah. Um, and they just ate my lunch as they should have. Uh, but it was it was a funny moment like that was my first so from there like we went to I went to T-Town I think like my first four or five summers racing like I would just be based up there um, and we would just do like the local road races and then and then the track stuff and Friday nights and I was never like that good at Friday night stuff and and yeah there were yeah. enough guys there like Bobby and Mike where I was like yeah this isn't this is another level that I'm not at yet yeah um, but I wonder what happened if I'd stuck to it because I always thought like the purest form of racing in a way like road racing there's just so much boring bullshit and so much tactics where like points race like oh you give the you know you give the brake uh, too much of a leash and that guy just lapped you it's a whole different thing now
0: oh for sure um, and, and so i was not... always like interested in getting back into it well that that time that you were in i mean if anybody got screwed i would say it would be bobby lee like in the sense yeah. of like there was no program he retires, right. and now it's like, oh, we have a team pursuit program. We have an endurance program, and we're going to go right. to all these World Cups. Because, I mean, back then – because I raced – I started racing around when Bobby Lee was getting ready for, um, I guess, Rio, uh, mm-hmm. and he had just finished London. And, yep. and yeah, there was no program. I mean, he paid – I mean, there were probably the times that he paid to go to his own World Cups. I believe it, yeah. That wasn't yeah, sure. a thing that we even did. Yeah.
1: Um, well, and so, also, like – when. When I was like, even if I was like in the pool of good enough, you know, I got an offer from jelly belly when I was 23 for $2,000 for the year. And like, no one was offering me anything to raise a track, you know, and that was yeah, never yeah. going to happen. Like I was, I mean, at that point there might've been two guys in the U S like getting paid anything to raise track. It just like, wasn't a thing uh, professionally. So see, I, I went to road, but, but always kind of liked it. So when, so when I'm like being a geek YouTuber and, um, and USA Cycling says, hey, like, we're looking for some help for the team pursuit. Do you want to do a test? My, my thing was, like, sure, I'll do a test. My last pursuit was actually at Elite Nationals at the Velodrome in L.A. Um, and it was – I think I did, like, a 450. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: like, it wasn't good. But I was 22, and, uh, you know, and I didn't have any of the technique. I, I didn't know what I was doing. But, of course, I still don't 10 years later. So I, so I went back in, I was like, yeah, this will be a funny one video where like I try to qualify for the Olympics and, and I do a four fifty five, And that's, that was my, that was what I thought would happen. So I was like, yeah, we'll get my camera guy come down here. It'll be like a funny perspective of whatever, but I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it my best. So I like, I trained for three weeks. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I did some intervals like on my road bike. And, And I think like that effort specifically, because there's not, there's not that much technique in individual pursuit. Like I was yeah, on the way right. there, I was like asking Colby Pierce. I called him. I'm like, you "Got any tips for this?" <laughs> um, yeah, I
0: think I think just so much has changed over the last few years. So like back yeah. then, like guys would ride the smallest gears possible, that's and because it. it's like leg speed, leg speed, leg speed. And yeah. now guys are riding the biggest gear possible. But we're going so fast that there actually is a line to ride, especially at LA. You kind of have to like drift up to the red and dive in the corners. Right. And that's what makes it like super smooth. But everybody back then was like black line, black line, black line, peg the black line. Like if, whatever huh. you do, just peg it. See, I didn't even
1: know about the red line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's called the water. I was the water. Thing as low as I could. I was just fighting it the whole way.
0: Yeah, and so there's probably a few seconds right there because then your file just kind of like looks like a little couple mountains for like, right. like 32 intervals or whatever it is, you know, 16. Right. no, I did.
1: Colby did tell me like float the turn and then accelerate out of it. Yeah, Just yeah. like crazy all those. Stuff. But there was also, Colby's also smart enough to know that like I'm not going to absorb more than three things on the way to the velodrome. Right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna give Phil like if he gives me too much information I'll just lose it yeah um but but yeah so I ended up like you know I had I borrowed a bike like I had I had all the right stuff for whatever it is but I think like specifically like a vo2 effort a five minute effort is something like even if you're not like I'm gonna do about as good as I ever could have uh with an effort like that that's just sort of in you or it's not so without the training with the training I'm not sure how much better I would have been but then it was like okay if, if I did 430 like that's worth looking into for the summer
0: no for um, sure i think yeah i think you would have shocked yourself i mean because really like when even when i watched the video and when I, some of us others watched the video it was really just the line like if the line got dialed that was probably five yeah. seconds in my opinion yeah. just because of how much time which is kind of cool yeah. to think about um yeah. it not. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> well, it's not but it's there you know it's, there. Still, it's, still, no, it's still there yeah you're right. That's you absolutely know? right and, yeah. and i mean because like it can happen you never know but anyways um so moving on so yeah you tried the track you tested out the track you really got screwed with health insurance and i'm not even going to get into that because like no last that's thing fair, you probably want to even talk about is that and um but let's chat about eversting, man like
1: well i want to chat hang on i want to get into the olympic stuff
0: oh okay yeah yeah but,
1: uh, i want to hear what i missed <laughs> oh what you <laughs> i missed. was i was just hoping to like go on do a bunch of world cups with you guys and like oh, learn straight, you yeah. know what i mean like that was my goal was like squeeze in there this is and this is when like, the
0: podcast almost flips and I get I get sort of interviewed yeah it's gonna get cathartic right <laughs> for sure yeah yeah um yeah I mean you honestly didn't miss much man um I mean without throwing a lot of people under the bus and 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 just my opinions um you know we we didn't make it man we were we were a good team and 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 we were friends and I uh, you know I have more respect for Ashton Lambie than probably, yeah, I would say anybody else that I could have respect for, uh, okay. because that guy, like, I mean, it's not that he just was good at cycling, like, he was good at listening, and, and you, and any pro would know this, but part of the reason why you became pro, right, is because you went to somebody, you asked them a question, and you either took it in and absorbed it, or you threw it away, it's kind of like learning how to race crits, right, so, yeah when you're learning how to race crits, there's that like method of, hey, how do we ride this? How do we do this? How do we do that? And Ashton took every opportunity that he was given, like all the way to going all the way to Europe, riding with some of the best pursuiters in the the world Mm -hmm. to literally learn how to ride a pursuit past five minute power, past four minute power. It was, how do I ride the line? How do I put my head under my elbows? Like just crazy, crazy positioning, how do I produce power while putting out that position? And I think a little bit of it was hard for us to absorb it. Like we just weren't latching on as quick as he did. And so that was, that was part of it in my opinion. Um, Another part of it is I felt like we were all in different parts of our training, right? So we would come, so people would be coming off of these big roadblocks and then they would go to these European track blocks and specifically what track efforts would be good for me. Probably weren't good for another, and it was such a uniform program that I think it kind of burnt some of us out, and and you really didn't have much say in that. Whereas, like, I don't know how the road works, but like if we were doing a team pursuit workout, it was the team pursuit workout for that specific day. Whereas I might need to work on my starts, and somebody else might need to work on their two Ks. We were all doing flying four Ks, or we were all doing this, or we were all doing. It would make sense if like. The
1: the problem is like for for something as as a like qualifying for the Olympics and something as high level as the Olympics like you all need to be together every day for a year going into it and that's what you're up yeah. against with all the other teams yeah so like the balance of figuring that out uh, would be totally impossible.
0: Yeah, and it, and it wasn't only that, though, too. It's like we went through a multitude of coaches who then had to relearn us as individuals. And, you know, every time you go through a new coach or somebody that's a new hire or somebody that's just new to the program, their instant response is like, oh, we need new people. You know, we need young people or we need different right. people. And instead of just working with what we had, and then we'd get to a point and it would just be like, what now? I don't know if you guys can hear that train i'm sitting outside of a train it makes
1: up for my girlfriend texting me because she forgot the garage code
0: (laughs) no stress yeah (laughs) um but yeah so there it just felt like all over the place like there was never like if once we got settled in one spot something else was going wrong in another or it had to start over we had to start over
1: so much of it too is like like looking back on on my career in racing like that's that's just what it is. Yeah. Is like I've I've got I've got a buddy here who I train with a lot. Who like he's 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 a legit cat one, but he started a little bit later. And then just like every year, there's there's you know a, an injury, a broken bone, like a you know a pandemic. Yeah, <laughs> there's just something. And and he's like one of the things he said is like I just wish you know I could get like a clean shot at one season. And I'm looking back, and I was like, I never got that. Yeah. <laughs> Like, it's, I, I did it for 10 years full-time, and, like, at no point did I get the progression that I planned that I wanted for, that, like, there wasn't some bullshit. Like, everything's going great. Oh, my dad died. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's,
0: and, it, and it's things like that. Like, and, I mean, that honestly, things like that were happening where it was, like, you know, everybody was in full panic of, like, well, we're not going to the World Cups that we wanted to go to. Like, they would only send us to certain World Cups. And the way the point system works that's just, like, kind of a pain in the ass is – the fact that you you essentially are only given whatever um so the way the point system works is you score a certain amount of points in one world cup per result so you have to cherry pick these world cups right so there's like three count from one season and three count from another season okay and so when that's happening we need to make sure that we're going to the right world cups and a lot of the riders were like hey Going to the first two European World Cups is probably not the best of idea because, right, you would go to the first two, make sure you get your best. Like if you're the best in the country, you go to the first mm-hmm. two so that way you can rest and train through or just train through and go all the way into Worlds and then score the most points at Worlds. Okay. Whereas we needed every point that we could possibly get, whereas some of the best countries, they were going to get the points no matter what, so they wanted to make sure right. they were peaking at Worlds. Like we weren't going to win Worlds yeah like we just needed to be eighth in the world and um and yeah I was so- sitting at home like
1: in in october i think it was like my cookie fondos going on and i'm looking at your instagram and you're in belarus and i'm like Woo, that would have been a long summer for me
0: <laughs> yeah and, and that's another thing i think that, that like people don't understand is that it, it, it gets long right so like oh we go yeah so like we and I, the way the projection, in my opinion, was really messed up, is the sense of we go to T town, right? You have to be in T town, mm-hmm. right, to get selected for Pan Am Games. Sure. So you get selected for Pan Am Games, you have to be at all those camps to potentially get selected for Pan Am Championships, with his, which is three weeks later. Right. Which then you have six weeks from se- in like the end of August to September before Belarus and Glasgow. Right. Yeah. And so you have, and you have to be good at everything you know and so you're essentially <laughs> yeah. you're peaking from june all the way and i forgot to even insert nationals in there that's like <laughs> nationals right, yeah. was in august somewhere in there yeah yeah um, and so yeah but the you, depth
1: that you need it's, it's weird because like it's it's fast twitch which like fast twitch folks is not endurance yeah but like the depth that you need to repeat that becomes endurance and th- if there's one takeaway that i had from from the pro years it's just like I would do like 60, 80 race days in a year. And, and I, would, I could always, like, I could be 90% in all those. Yeah. But if you wanted me to be 100, I remember, like, being in, in 2015 when I was on Optum and I'm, I'm, I'm back in the US, I was like, to Jonas Carney directly, I was like, Jonas, leave me alone for a month and I'll win Redlands. Yeah. Like, don't make me go, don't make me go this, this. is just like, let me go to Big Bear and train because I know how to do it. But, like, if you actually, it's like some guys, I guess, race into shape and they need that. But I think like, if you know how to train the one, like my, my big takeaway from, from not racing anymore is like, it's so much easier to be good. You know, if I do 12 videos a year, essentially all I need to peak for is like once a month to be fast. And like yeah. my numbers can be better than ever once a month. <laughs> yeah. You you try and tell me to do that for like a week and the, uh, you know, world tour, we do like seven days on two weeks off repeat.
0: Um,
1: and that's just, no one can do that.
0: Yeah. And I think, well, I think the biggest thing too, it's like you you don't really realize how much fitness you lose at these World Cups. So you said you were at the Cookie Fondo. Well, I was freezing my ass off in Belarus. Like right. the only riding I could get in was on a trainer. So then we're stuck in there, no vitamin D and just like you're in Europe, cold Europe. Yeah. And on an ergo. And then you go inside of a track yeah. to then race in a cold track. So it was just yeah. like, it was very it's and you're there for like three or four weeks,
1: no, and you throw in like a bunch of bad hotel food, and oh yeah, lights, so you're gonna get sick once, like oh yeah, and it's, oil it's tough. oily,
0: it just so much oil, man, it's <laughs> like oily meats, oily potatoes, vegetables, yeah. it was just really just all right, ugh. so,
1: so the cookie fondo was a better call than belarus a
0: hundred percent belarus was cool i uh I spent yeah. i think five hours in customs trying to get my cask helmets out of customs. Okay. Um, which I tried filming, but there was like a borderline, there was like a chance I was about to go to jail. Um, yeah, I've rather. been there in some spots. Yeah. 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 Could be careful. And, and so I was just like, ah, it's not even worth it. But it, that's a comical story. for another I point.
1: always keister my helmet when I travel. Always. Well, that's so
0: I had just started working with cask and they were like, yeah, well, like we're in Italy. We'll just, we'll just pop them right over to Belarus. <laughs> and I was like, I can already see this going south. And so it did very quickly. Um, Yeah. And so, but yeah, you didn't miss out on much. Um, We all missed out on the Olympics. So there's that. We did all miss out on that. That was, that was pretty heavy. Um, There's still, I mean, Gavin still has a really good shot for the Omnium Holloway and hedge for the Madison, which is really exciting to see. And I think that was the coolest part and the coolest takeaway is just like, we were all there. We, none of us were Olympians we all wanted to be Olympians. We we're right. at different parts of our life too, where it was like, you know, guys know that they're retiring in, you know, mm-hmm. 2020. And then other guys are like, Oh, you know, this is the start. This is where I can go to 2024 and be the star, you right. know? Um, sure. And so we all had the same dream and the same wishes. And so, uh, we kind of all missed out on it together. It, it didn't, didn't make it really any easier, but, uh, it definitely makes it a little bit more comforting, you know. Just, sure. You're just in the boat, and people know what you're going through, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Whereas, like, I can see not getting a contract, road contract, or something along those lines. People know what you're going through, but it's not not everybody like at once is happening.
1: No. Oh, yeah. Either, you know, Some what I mean? guys, it'd be it'd be funny being in a room where like somebody you know has a three year deal with for for one point two million, and I'm like. I hope they re-sign me at 65,000. I really do. Yeah. yeah. And that would be, that would really change my life.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. And that, that's like the difference um, in our kind of vibe. Cause I don't think any of us were continental. I mean, I guess they were the first year. Um, yeah. I mean, is elevate Continental? That's not continental. They were, they were. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I think, I think Eric and Gavin were, were pro last year. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, so just a few of us and, but yep. I mean like literally all we talked about is like, how do we get health insurance? Like, what yeah. result do we need to produce where we can get health insurance and that's what we were pretty like we weren't even worried about the salary we were just chasing health insurance right you know um, yeah. but yeah so so yeah like i said man you didn't miss out on much you definitely probably could have been there though for sure because my thing is it's like it's just the line man well we got four work. more years you know it's four more years I what the heck i'm doing next so. i was about to say if anybody's really good at retiring you're probably the first one i mean you're probably the best well, the thing privateer. is, once you're
1: retired, they leave you alone, and you can do what you want. Yeah, and you can do what you're good at. And it's like, you, I don't know. I could. I, I feel like I didn't get to focus until I stopped racing.
0: How many um, How many pro offers have you gotten offered? Like pro contract offers, have you gotten Oh, in retirement, not a lot. Been, not really. It was.
1: I mean, okay. like a couple. A couple talked to me. There was there was only one like actual offer, but it was just the thing. Is like as soon as I stopped, I was just so much better off. That it just a like I was happier. I'm living at home. Yeah. I'm not dealing with like being away from all the bullshit of the pro teams was just like such a gift. Yeah. That there's there wasn't an amount that they could really pay me, and and I was sort of able to. I also sort of learned like what the a how what the, how much the middlemen take when you're a pro, and and how like removing that was I was able to make more money very quickly which isn't much to say when you're in, you're making, you know, minimum on a world tour team. But the, uh, once I was able to, like there's just no one want to pay me what I would want to do that <laughs> to go yeah. crash again. Um, but yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't a conversation. No, and no, I was no. just, I, I tried to burn the bridges as fast as I could. So like you, you write a book and you make fun of everyone and
0: then they don't call you. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, cause I think, I think it's funny like seeing all these privateers pop up in the gravel scene and, and yeah, and, and i mean they're killing it. i mean i'm doing it like that's literally what i'm doing well, right now is i think that's
1: a symptom of just like the the system itself wasn't serving yeah. the sponsors and it wasn't serving the riders and there was just a lot of fat to like kind of accidentally be trimmed where where you know i don't know exactly like what pete was coming from what his options were stetna but you know he's on trek it's a hard life he's doing grand tours like he's at a really high level and they're probably paying him garbage and he could sort of look at like well okay there's You know, I can add up three sponsors and do six race days and live at home with my wife. And why would I go do (laughs) this other mess like that I've done for a few years?
0: Yeah. And I think, I think it's also even awesome that like you can pick your like sponsors. Like if you don't want to work with said company, you don't, you don't have to work with said company. I can't tell you how many times like, and I I bet you could say the same thing. It's like getting sunglasses or um, just something that you're just like, this doesn't even work. I don't even like this. Like, right. Why am I representing it's, this?
1: It ends up being both. Cause it's like, yeah. yeah, one when when the when the sponsors are like forced upon you by a team, like that's tough. And then like your job is to say something that like maybe you don't believe. Like I had we had a couple stuff I, I had sponsors over the years with like whatever teams, like I'm just not gonna talk about this. You know, like yeah, when when we were on when on Garmin Sharp, they came out with like the vector pedals. Yeah, and they just didn't work. didn't work the power meters like it's just and the pedals themselves were like the bearings were crunchy it was just like we were kind of being tested but they were already selling it and i was like i'd feel gross like promoting this so i'm just gonna pretend it doesn't exist i'm not gonna say i hate it but i'm just gonna ride it but then the same thing kind of happens like when you're you know it's not like there's sponsors knocking down my door to to sponsor youtube so you end up like figuring out like okay this is something i like about this like i've certainly uh had to make compromises i didn't like and and now like you're what, what am I year four of retirement? Like now all my shit's nice.
0: <laughs> yeah. But
1: before it was like, you know, I was, I was testing these robot sunglasses when you had like a digital, oh, we got beauty. those they wanted
0: us to ride team pursuit with those.
1: Yeah. They, they were, they're out of business, right? Can we talk that yeah, about it? They, they are okay. out of
0: business. They do no longer work. Yet, <sighs> so.
1: They, I, the thing is like, I like the idea. It's cool. I was, I was like interested in the product as a concept and then like, it just kept crashing and freezing my phone. It didn't work
0: and they and, well I right think the only thing that worked knew, well was the speakers
1: yeah you could listen to music pretty good in them yeah but it was just like at some point like i'd be riding and it would just get in this infinite loop of like i'm connected i'm disconnected i'm connected i'm disconnected and i'm like trying to throw them into pch like into the highway into the water <laughs> um yeah and and i remember like they 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 couldn't get it to work and or i couldn't get it to work and they kept saying it was user error because the guy's like well it works for me and then they actually flew an engineer from London to my house in LA to like show me it was user error and show me how to use it. And he didn't make it a block down before it froze up on him. Like I handed him my phone, I handed him the sunglasses. I was like, here, I did all the updates. I did all the things and he made it around the corner. And and, and I was like, i have never been so happy for something to fail. Yeah, I was about to <laughs> say. I told like, you, it's not doesn't work, man. Like I'm not gonna tweet this coupon code. People are gonna hate me if they buy this. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just gonna like, my message is I am wearing this and that's all I could. Do. Yeah. I don't know. That got yeah. cathartic. Um, yeah. It's weird out there. It's been, it's been a fun learning experience, like figuring out hey, like how to make a sponsor deal. What am I worth to sponsors? Like how can I do it? Cause you don't want to just take as much, you don't want to like take all their money and not, you know, they don't want to come back the next year and it doesn't look good to switch. Um, and you know, what, what's a brand that like fits with me? What's, so you look at like, you know, so Factor is my bike sponsor this year, and I was looking like, okay, they have they have a World Tour team, um, or they've had a World Tour team for a while. They don't have, you know, anyone in North America doing like road ambassador stuff. So you sort of see like, okay, what's a brand that I should target that that I can kind of convince is worth something to me? Whereas like, you know, Cannondale has Ted King, like they're they're probably not the best fit for me to move forward. For sure. um, yeah. So it's just it's it's been an interesting like business experience too. Yeah. Um, like
0: you've, you've like literally grown this from the ground up and like did it start with just you making those videos and now you, it seems like you have a freaking production team like i mean <laughs> like i something.
1: i it's good to know that i'm faking it well the um no so the first the i mean i guess the genesis of like my my youtube thing was i was supposed to get a job when i stopped racing like i had a job kind of lined up um in in la from like my former agent basically um, and that, that was part of what gave me the courage to just retire. I was like, okay, I have a good job lined up. This is going to be, this is going to be nice. Um, and then I started playing around on Strava and my Strava following blew up cause I was getting KOMs from like a local doper. And it was just like a funny story. And I was bored for four months. So I just kept doing it. Um, and then it got enough attention that a couple brands were sort of like, Hey, we want to sponsor you. And i was like i don't even know what you can sponsor here like me going for kom so i decided to make a youtube video or a youtube channel out of it um and castelli had just hired a uh, a camera guy who i'd worked with in the past he'd done all the powers behind the barrier stuff Named oh, sam okay. smith yeah,
0: yeah
1: i was like i was like okay if sam will like make my videos then i'll do this and then since then i learned like how to film some stuff myself and and i wanted more than 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 castelli could sort of give me with sam so i started hiring local camera dudes um or just like selfie stick and and making it up yeah
0: yeah yeah that's awesome so and that and like and that's just pretty much blossomed not only into kom's now but like i mean you you talk next to toilet paper rolls um, <laughs> you give training tips um, yeah it's
1: just like part of it too is responding to what people want and what they ask for and like youtube yeah. will will give that to you and that's that's kind of something like i guess i learned as a racer too of well, that was the KOM thing started. It was like, I think the the first post I ever got that got more than a thousand likes was like a screenshot of my KOM with that doper guy in second. Yeah. And I was like, okay, if everyone likes that, I'll do more of that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and that's pretty much like the, you just sort of follow that into whatever the heck. Um, yeah, well, as a viewer, I'm still gonna go ahead and say it, that I think you should definitely create a page targeting towards all the trolls that have come through mm-hmm. you guys. So anybody that's looking to create a meme page, I want you to find all the trolls that comment on Phil Gaiman's stuff and, and, yeah, just it pretty hurt. much post it because I love reading it. I think it's great. I think I love to hear his responses <laughs> to those. They're, they're, they're quite worth the read. Um, YouTube is such a weird place, man. It, it, is, a, it is a weird environment. Like, because I just started posting on the platform and I'm kind of embarrassed to even say it because, like, in comparison to you, you know, but like, I just started I posting started. on the platform and it's like, it's almost as if people literally watch videos to only comment and critique. Like, mm-hmm. in some regard, it's like, hey, man, that sounds kind of breathy in that one sentence that you had. Uh, you should probably redo it. And it's like, <laughs>
1: dude, are you... Dude, yeah. They, right they part of it, it's its a good and a bad, because they tell you what you want, or what they want, which means yeah. if you provide it, they're happy with it. Yeah. But they also, like, think that they're directing your stuff and telling you who you are,
0: Yeah,
1: um, which is... A lot of it, like, they're just children sometimes, I've oh, learned. Like, just look sure at the yeah. analytics. It's like, oh, that was a 12-year-old... Um. And sometimes but it can be but sometimes valuable it's awesome. yeah sure like, oh yeah. yeah i've gotten videos where like i post a video and it's been up for 45 seconds and it's an 11 minute video and the comment will be like that was awesome phil thank you it's just like you, you there's no way that you watched it
0: <laughs> there's no way that you even saw it it was amazing but, like, The again, intro was perfect
1: yeah it was just like it, i don't know they're happy it, it's, it's there
0: yeah uh, oh, yeah that's perfect
1: yeah so that that makes overwhelmingly like people are like you can it's easy to Whatever our psychology is, like we look at the comments and the and the negativity is like what you remember, but there's far more positive and generally like people are happy to get free entertainment or education. Uh, yeah. So yeah, keep keep it going.
0: So yeah, and, and and this is something that you're probably just gonna keep too until people just get bored and tired of you, right? Or if YouTube just kicks you off. I guess so. Yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah. It, it's just I just respond to whatever exists. Um, right now, it's working and it's fun. So.
0: Because not only are you bigger on YouTube, but you have a bigger van than I do. Um, so like I don't I'm, have a van anymore. What? No. Oh, we will we'll not talk about that right now. So. No,
1: Grant. Grant crashed my van. <laughs> Grant <could. laughs> he didn't crash it. He didn't crash oh, okay. it. So it, was a, it was a sponsor. Um, I had I had a van sponsor last year for that trip, and uh, and then I crashed myself. And oh yeah yeah. The, I mean, I crashed my body, and then I just flew home. And the van was parked in the T-Town parking lot. Um, so I, I, I paid Grant to drive it back for me. That's and awesome. then, uh, and he like scratched up the side of it. They didn't care, but it was funny. Yeah. And then he felt really bad. And I was like, it, don't worry about it. And then, uh, yeah, I've, I've not owned a van. I've just borrowed. I got nowhere to park a van in LA. Oh,
0: so the van do it thing was just uh, like. For- that was a
1: sponsor for this year too. Yeah, uh, they, they, they were trying to sponsor. Every time I do a van trip, something horrible happens. This year, it was a pandemic. Last year, it was just for me. So you're saying
0: Do It helped cause the pandemic, or is that a no? It was my
1: fault, not them. Yeah, not vanning anymore.
0: So, so post pandemic, like, do you have any plans of of traveling or doing any trips? I saw, I saw the, I saw the post that you're looking for somebody was at Mayfield, North Carolina.
1: Yeah, well, I don't want to talk about. I had I deleted that because that's uh, I want to keep my my stuff a secret
0: as as much as I know. Secret as like, no. possible.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the thing. So now I'm on this Everesting kick. I go from from a pursuit of a four and a half minute effort to uh to an eight hour effort. Yeah. Because I can't focus on anything.
0: Well, it has but, to be less uh, than eight hours, so that's good. Right?
1: Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's, <laughs> now it's seven and a half. The damn thing.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but the so yeah, part of it is like well, I think honestly, like a lot of it is just finding the right hill to to make this work yeah Um, so the so I took the record on what I thought was a good hill that like I wanted to I it was the best hill in LA given that I can't go I can't travel Uh, so I found something that was like pretty good for the whole effort and it was enough to break the previous record by 40 minutes Um, but then you get like a world-class mountain biker with with a slightly better hill but he's at altitude so I'm not sure how much better it was whatever it was he went faster than me so the only way for me to beat him, I think, is to find an even better hill than Keegan had. So I'm on a I'm on a nationwide, possibly worldwide quest for for where that hill is. Um, and Man. until I find it, I gotta keep it. I gotta keep it on the DL. But I, I have I, I have the podium, you know?
0: Yeah, which is what I love about you. It's like it's almost like you're the kind of guy that's like somebody does it and you're like, okay, that's perfect. I'm just gonna go out of the world and I'm gonna find a way to do it and <laughs> make make it that much better. Like I just I love that because it's like you could easily be like, all right, I had it at one point. I'm done. I'll never do that again. Cool. If you want that well, record?
1: The fun thing about it too is like, like if you if you lose, you're more real, you know? Yeah. So like, I've always had that going for me. <laughs> I was good at. I was good at like. I got. I almost won nationals one year. Like, I remember I got more followers from like almost winning nationals than from actually winning redlands. That was an epic just, ride. Like, that's the that thing. Was it was like epic. it was just like a heartbreaking whatever. Yeah. But I remember just, like, you know, like, the world sees you put yourself out there and be vulnerable and try, and even if it's impossible. Yeah. So, so whether, I, whether I can get the record or not, like, I've got to go down swinging. Um, and I'm more than happy to, like, make another video where I, where I lose it or don't. Sure. Um, but I've got
0: to put in the work. So do you think it would be faster at altitude? Like, I mean, because, like, the air is yeah. thinner and you're not – yeah, like, I'm just thinking, like, you would run, run out of oxygen. But at the same time, are you dipping so far deep? does it balance itself out it is a question yeah
1: because you're not going as hard at altitude because you can't and then going downhill you're going to be faster because there's less air um i i just assume no i assume that sea level is better for that um so that that's sort of what i'm looking for is a is a more sea level basically what i wanted is like the length of keegan's hill but 4,000 feet lower so i'm 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 kind of close to that in in my my nationwide search um but yeah, it's, it's possible. Like that's the, that's part of the fun thing is like, there isn't enough everesting information out there for anyone to really know what's ideal and what's not. And it's definitely like, I remember doing like tour of Colorado and we're racing up at 10,000 feet for three days, just in somewhere like Avon or whatever. And like, you're sitting in the pack, you're going 40 miles an hour. Cause there's no yeah. damn air up there to slush down. <laughs> like yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, you know about altitude for track stuff. Like it yeah. is, it is faster, but probably not on like an 11% climb. Would be my guess.
0: Well, like I rode a 4:30, in yep. LA, and then like a couple of weeks later did a 4:17 in Bolivia. <laughs> so it took 15 seconds off, and I don't know how yeah. much better I got over those course of three weeks. But that's ah, a good taper, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you never know. But <laughs> uh, yeah, lot. so and that's and, but that's kind of what had me thinking because like I've also done group rides out in Colorado where like we're averaging 30 miles an hour for like 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. and it's it doesn't feel that hard but yet if i right. come home to like south carolina Asheville area or north carolina um that ain't happening like we're not doing 30 miles an hour in a right at an right instant, So no but I, I
1: i assume for like an alt it also like for for tempo altitude doesn't kill you but for like a high i mean i don't know i guess if pursuits are faster at altitude i generally think like the, the air resistance isn't a factor or not, not much of a factor when you're going on 11 percent grade yeah, So I'm assuming that Keegan would go faster at sea level um, than he did. So that's that's what I'm looking for, too, is, like, I'm not so much trying to beat Keegan. I'm worried about, like, the next world tour guy that goes for it. Like, I want to set a time that stands a little bit longer.
0: Yeah, because it almost seems like they haven't gotten bored enough yet. That or they haven't beaten that. Because, like, I feel like everybody, <laughs> like, all of us have gotten, like, super bored. And it's like, oh, yeah, everybody's ever Like, I'm I'm shocked I haven't even <laughs> attempted it yet. At least virtual, right? You're on um, yeah, oh, that'd be perfect. Just ride up, ride up yeah, the sh- banking as much as possible. Do it. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Um, but yeah, so I guess the World Tour guys just haven't gotten bored enough yet to just yeah, oh, yeah I'm going to Everest.
1: And the thing is, like, it is an effort that's like it is two notches more annoying than any World Tour training I would ever be. Yeah. Um. So like, I it's it's just hard enough that you really have to want to do it to do it, but. And, and like, yeah, it it is interesting that, I mean, I've just been watching the world tour teams, like try to figure out like, and, and this is something I learned, like, okay, my no longer, like if I have sponsors, if I'm trying to create value for them, racing isn't an option. Like, what is there? What can I figure out? And the answer was like content and YouTube and like adventures, stuff like that. And like seeing the teams like try to pivot to that and figure that out in the short term has been interesting. And generally like, they're not doing that great of a job,
0: <laughs> Yeah.
1: Um, but it's, it's fun to watch them. Like, like EF, like finally did a couple, like uh, Lachlan did this crazy mountain bike trail record the other day. Um, so they're, they're all figuring it out. But I think most of them are just like kind of waiting for racing to come back and praying their sponsors to keep paying them, um, which is hard, hard to watch.
0: Yeah. It's very scary. Cause I mean, I've already heard horror stories of some of these riders that have had their salaries cut pretty heavy. I can say that I'm, I'm super lucky with what sponsors and little financial support I have that, you know, I'm pretty much yep. taken care of. But uh, it is scary and sad to see um, what's going on. Wow, I just lost a ton of light. Uh-oh. Of it. Oh, it's raining. So my thing got shut. Uh-huh. Which is perfect because I can just take these, these heat shields down. Heat shields. Yeah, Thank you, Contra there's, Vans.
1: there's a beautiful simplicity to van life. There oh, really is. It's great. Like, I remember coming back to my house here and being like, well, I don't need any of this shit, you know? <laughs> I just lived in a van at 50, 50 square feet, you know? Like, it's nice to have a bigger kitchen and a bathroom, but yeah. for the most part, it's, uh, I think it's. I think it's good to live in a van for a little bit because you'll never want, like, a big house.
0: Yeah. And, and I think when you're trying to, like, get used to the van life, it's just, like, it's super hard to uh, – sorry, I'm trying to turn a light on. It's, like, super hard to, like, more or less – like you have to put like if a fork is out if a fork is displaced your entire house is messed up at this point you know your van is literally flipped upside down so like Mm -hmm. everything's stacked in the right way and like when i was setting up for this podcast i was like crap my mic is like under eight bags and everything else you know and it's kind of nuts but (laughs) anyways um but yeah, I, I, I don't want to keep you too long and, and I really appreciate your time. And now that I've taken everything down, I'm just going to go ahead and start to start to head that way. But, uh, yeah, if you're, if, you know, just to end the conversation, just to give one tip to like, cause like we said previously that, you know, like I looked up to you, you know, watching you come up and I bought the book when I was uh, a cat Four cyclist living on $10 a day. Cause I, I was living on $10. I, uh, Um, I got evicted at that point and I was living um, outside of uh, a buddy's house for two weeks until school could end. Uh, They didn't have room for me to live in there. And so I was reading that book and it was was really motivational to kind of keep me in the cycling world because it would have been really easy to sell my bike and maybe pay rent. Um, (laughs) But instead I decided to keep my bike and which I'm super happy I did. But if you're just giving a tip to a cyclist, it's like they want to get into the pro-life or even just want to get into what you're doing, like content, privateer, What's like a tip that you would give?
1: I think you, I think you just have to start doing it and keep doing it. And and I guess patience is a lot of the same with training. People are like, yeah. oh, how can I get fast? It's like, well, you know, they're like, how long did you train for this Everesting record? I'm like, well, that depends on when you start. Yeah. Because <laughs> you could say like 2008 is when I started training for this. Um, sure. Or you could say like three weeks ago is when I started doing like eight hour rides. Um, and, wow. and so no one knows. So I would say like with all that stuff, just just be patient and and keep working at it and like no it's just not going to come fast a lot of what's funny about cycling is like the because it's such a because it's so hard to pay rent like the people who don't want it that much just stop yeah so like you wanted it that bad and that's why you're in a van now and you got a bunch of national championships and and other guys like they they might have wanted it bad enough to do the workouts and go suffer but like not bad enough to like make their life work around it so give yourself that credit and i think that that is the most
0: expensive jersey i've ever bought which I, yep. I think you understand. <laughs> <laughs> yep, so, I know about that. Yeah, yeah. So, but anyways, well, thanks, Phil. Thank you so much for your time okay. again. I really appreciate it, man. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Enjoy your barbecue. We'll do. Thanks, man. Peace, buddy.